I've been away for a little while. I, I put the microphone down for my podcast for a little while. I took the pressure off myself and said it would be all right if I just chill out for a little while. And two months flew by um, with, with some podcast interactions. I've done th- some things for Hope Squad, which is my other job. And I've had some, uh, I've definitely still been focusing on progress in my life and in sharing that message with others. But the podcast is kind of or the Prog Pod has kind of been something uh, that's been gone for the past couple of months. And I'm excited, uh, not just that it's back, but that it's back in a new way. Because actually, my friend recently reached out to me uh, and expressed that I was one of the people they thought of when they had a story to share. Uh, it, it happened in kind of an interesting way, uh, because I was still focused on my purpose, which is to share the message of progress and of hope. I was working on another project with Operation Underground Railroad, a Rise Up for Children event locally. And that video kind of spurred some of those things that uh, will develop into today's interview and you'll start to see how those uh, align and and start to work together. But I just wanted to start with that reminder that when you stick on your purpose, even though you might be doing things that are unexpected or off the track of what you expect, it will always lead you back to the service that you need to do that's necessary for your life. And so I'm excited now to welcome Emily Bush on as a guest to talk about that just a little bit more today. Talking about progress once again. Um, before we start, I I want to just let you know, this is kind of a trigger warning. We're going to be very careful about the way that we speak about these things. That's in a respectful way just to share the message because it's important to shed light on this particular subject and topic. But we are going to be talking about and mentioning some things that uh, involve sexual abuse and sexual exploitation. So if that is something that you need to be aware of before we start, I just want to make sure that you know. And we will welcome Emily on as a guest right now. Oh, I don't know if I hit the button correctly. Hey, Emily, can you hear us? Yep. Okay, welcome right on. And welcome everyone to another episode of the Prog Pod, the podcast all about progress, where we help young people to recognize that they do have a purpose they are here for a reason, and the progress is possible in their lives. And that's a truth that is foundational across all experiences, no matter what your situation is. Uh, I know a lot of us are blessed with, with situations that might make it easier to see that and recognize that truth. And a lot of us go through things that make it hard to see that, whether it's poverty, whether it's uh, difficult home situations, or even abuse as you're growing up. So I'm excited so much today for first Emily's courage and bravery to share some of her experiences. Uh, There's a lot of progress in that journey and a lot of healing that's necessary. Uh, There's a lot of dark things that happen in the world and we can't control it. I mean, we fight evil the best that we can, but when hard things have happened to us, then the next step forward is to heal and to make progress. So Emily, would you like to start just by telling us a little bit about yourself and what your experience with progress has been? everything that you've ever been through, 
whether it's little, big, or just, you know, in-between type deal. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I love the way that you share that. Because progress is something in our lives that's so personal. It's as personal as it can get. And at the same time, it unites all of us. I mean, we're all trying to build that better version of ourselves. And oftentimes, it's really helpful when we uh, rely on others to do that. And especially through healing journeys, I know it's it's good to share. Um, And so that's our hope for this interview and the time that we spend together today, is that we can share something for one of you that might need a little bit of... uh, light or inspiration or healing for the things that you are trying to make progress through in your life right now. So that's the first question that I have for you, Emily. What are some of the techniques or different coping strategies that you've used that help you to follow those dreams that you're talking about? Um, I, there's times where I use writing to express Mm -hmm. the way I'm feeling and then get it out on paper and realize I can do this. I'm not the person people think I am. Because now throughout high school, it was kind of difficult being, what's the word? Not, just being like made fun of, Mm -hmm. not being accepted for who I was. Yeah. And writing that stuff out and getting it down on paper and then looking at it and like reading it, even like a couple months later, I'm like, I've came a long way. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I use singing as a way to express myself and most of the time they're like really like sometimes rock music sometimes like a breakup song just to like get those emotions out to where I can just either cry it out or just sing until my lungs can't take it no more type deal yeah yeah that sounds like a really healthy way that's awesome yeah how do you feel different um after you've utilized some of those tools that you're talking about Uh, compared to before when you're kind of struggling or suffering with thinking about some of those hard things from your past? Um, I feel relieved, Mm -hmm. I guess you can say that way. And it's like trying to make my mind realize nothing like that should happen again Mm -hmm. type deal and put myself in situations to keep myself safe for one. So it's like... I feel relieved from the pain a little bit. And then there's days that come back so that I'm like, I can do this, you know, just tell myself I am or do I yeah. am same in the mirror type deal mm-hmm. and make it to where my mind isn't playing the games that they like to play, I guess you can say in a way. Yeah. Where I make myself like I'm safe. I'm not, nothing's going to happen to me type deal. Mm-hmm. And that's, it just, it's the relief of the pain even if it is for temporary matter to get it to go away for a little bit and then realize I can do it all over again and keep it going and not just give up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when we are abused or neglected or whatever form that abuse comes in, um, whether it's your, your experience or my experience or whatever you've been through in your life, uh, it teaches us false truths, right? When, yes. when somebody does something to us uh, that makes us feel worthless, then it's easy for our mind to start believing that. It makes yes. us feel like we aren't safe. It's easy for us to start believing that. And so I love that one of your key parts of healing is by replacing it with the truth that, you, you know, you are worth something. You're, in fact, you're worth everything. As a human being, our potential is endless. It's limitless. Um, and it, it is important to remind ourselves that we are safe and that we still have that potential no matter 
what has happened to us. You know, a lot of motivational speakers will do that thing. They'll take a dollar bill out. Um, they say, how much is this worth? Everybody's like, it's a dollar. It's easy, right? And then they crumple it up and they put it on the ground and they stomp on it. And then they pick it back up and they say, how much is this worth? A dollar. Still, it's still worth a dollar. And I know that's kind of a silly example, but with ourselves in our lives, I feel like we often do forget that no matter the things that you've been through, no matter how you've been you know, beat up and ripped and torn and stomped on, uh, your worth and your potential and who you are still meant to become, it's still there. It's 100% still there. So that, that's a powerful thing. What are some of the I am statements that uh, are your favorite to use? Do you mind if we do some now? Okay. Um, my favorite, cause like I, I get really insecure about myself, so I like to use "I am beautiful" or mm-hmm. "I am worth it." Um, "I am loved" is a big one for me, a really yeah. big one, and I use that one the most because it's just some days there's like, oh, nobody really cares. I'm mm-hmm. just kicked to the curb type deal. But then I look at myself and I'm like, no, I am loved. I do have a family who cares about me. I do have friends mm-hmm. that care about me, and that's my most favorite one right there is that one yeah absolutely that's a very anchoring i'm gonna say it too because i I like the warm feeling that happens when i say i am loved uh replacing those lies with truth is really a powerful thing and it is something that can happen in a simple way just with those affirmations those i am statements that's really cool oh i see some in the chat right here i am brave i am enough i am not alone thank you lucas yeah that's absolutely true man thanks for sharing those uh with the writing and the singing, I think it's interesting uh, that those are two of your top coping mechanisms because oftentimes when someone is uh, a survivor, when they've been abused, when difficult things have happened to them, the big unfairness of it is that they feel embarrassed, even though it's not their fault at all. I mean, the things that happened were totally unfair. It wasn't their decision. Um, but because those things are often hidden in darkness, there can be this embarrassment. There can be fear. Um, in the event that we that I was able to be a part of last week, that's one of the things we talked about the most is that uh, sexual exploitation and abuse and domestic abuse, they happen right here in our hometown. They happen all over the United States and all over the world. And usually we don't know about it. Usually we don't know about it because it's behind closed doors. It's secret. It's where people can't see. And even when people are being abused, oftentimes they don't want to speak up. It's hard to speak up. It's hard because it's embarrassing. Um, it, it shouldn't be embarrassing. I mean, it's it's no one's. It's not their fault when you're a survivor. Um, right. But those two methods that you used both involve just sharing it, getting it out. Even if nobody sees what you wrote, even if nobody hears you sing, it is good practice for you to allow yourself to to share the story in a way. And I, I hope that that can be helpful for you in the interview today. And I'd encourage anyone who's listening to find a healthy way to share this story, whether that be with therapy, uh, with family members or friends that love you and that you trust. When was one of the first times you were actually able to share the truth about the things you've experienced, Emily? Um, uh, when I was about 13, mm-hmm. um, my childhood best friend, I guess you can say, he actually went to his mom Mm -hmm. and he told his mom and so that's when you know law enforcement everything got involved Mm -hmm. and that's when i finally was like enough is enough because i couldn't let it happen to my little sister i couldn't 
I couldn't take that risk of it letting happen to anybody else. Yeah. I was like, enough, enough, I need to say something. And regardless of it going on for a couple years and me not saying anything, I finally realized right then and there, I was like, I can't let this happen to anybody else, especially if I know them and I love and care about them. Yeah. I, that, that was really my inspiration right there was my best friend going to his mom and telling his mom and his mom coming to me and talking to me and telling me that it's okay to open up and it's okay to speak up and be that be the person you know you want to be because if you don't it could happen to somebody else and I was like you're right and so that's when I finally spoke up and had something done about it in a way and it it relieved a lot but there's still days where I'm just either alone or sitting by myself and it's like I wish I would have done something sooner yeah absolutely that is so hard, and I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Really, I can't imagine uh, an experience quite at that level. Um, but good job at the same time. At the same time, I'm really happy for your courage to make progress, not just to free yourself from that situation, but like you said, your little sister. That I mean, that's when progress is at its finest, is when not only you're able to liberate yourself and bring yourself more freedom and joy and happiness and peace, but when you pave the way for other people to have that opportunity and that experience as well. Yeah. And that, that's a huge purpose for me and for you. And I, I want to let you know that you're doing that today by sharing the story. It takes a lot of courage to um, speak up about those things and you're doing a great job. No, really. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> what were, I, I'm curious, I want to dive in a little bit more about what that, situation was like with your friend had you told him not to share that with his mom and were you expecting like the secret to get out at that point and how did you feel when you first found out that she knew i didn't really expect him to say anything mm -hmm. but then my little like i was at a i was in junior high and i was at a practice or volleyball or basketball camp one mm -hmm. of the two and my mom came and got me early and she's like, you need to go home. We need to go home now. And I was like, okay, well, my sister had ran over there and told him and I was like, well, shoot, I didn't know this was going to happen type deal. Yeah. And that's when he spoke to his mom and his mom took it to law enforcement mm -hmm. and she came to me before I went in to talk to the law enforcement because she didn't want me to get scared and not say anything. So yeah. she just kind of, gave me the words to say pretty much of it's okay it's time you need to say something type deal mm -hmm. and i was a little confused a little nervous i was really 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 scared i know that much because mm -hmm. i was like i didn't want to tear apart something that i always have known mm -hmm. and so that's where the fear came in with me is Oh, am I not? Am I not going to be able to see this person ever again? Am I not going to be able to talk to them? And you know, since that day, it's been it's been better. I still see him around town every now and then, and it's like, mm, do I want to talk to him? No, I really don't because I don't need those memories to pop back up. And so it's just in my mind of what do I need to do to keep myself safe? And it was. It was scary. I was a little, cons like, not concerned, I guess, yeah. more fragile at that time when yeah. he did speak up and he did tell his mom. Yeah, absolutely. 
I'm so grateful that your friend did that because it seems to me like that was the catalyst for everything else changing now to where you're in a safer situation to where you can tell yourself I am safe and have it be true. Uh, that, that's such a powerful thing. And in situations of abuse, it's always important to make sure that the proper authorities are notified that they have that opportunity, that resource is deployed and able to help out. So I'd encourage anyone who's in a situation, uh, whether it be similar or uh, every situation is unique, um, but abuse always requires that resource and letting, letting the authorities know. So I'm glad that that happened for you. And I'm that, go ahead. It doesn't have to be like physical. It could be emotional and mental. Yes. It's not, not the physical where it needs to be notified by the authorities. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad your friend had the courage to do that as well, because I'm sure that that was difficult for him too. But because he, what's that? We were young, so it took him a lot of courage. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, I also think it's important, even if you don't know what's going to happen, you mentioned you weren't sure how this would change your life. It's kind of a, a no look back moment. You know, there's no going back from here. Once it's out, it's out and we're never going back, but, uh, there's hope for the future and there's, there's, uh, a definite light in the future that the, there can be progress, that it can be better from here on out. And so yes. I'm, I'm glad that you took that leap of faith in a sense to go through with it and complete, complete that, that challenge. What are some of the, now that you're in a place of safety, you spoke a little bit how it's still not easy, how there's still memories and difficult things from the past that affect you and are involved in your life. And of course, it's going to be that way. I mean, it's that way with anybody who's gone through any kind of trauma and whether it be big or small, we all go through uh, challenges that shape us. What are some of those residual effects, we could say, some of those lasting effects that still uh, give you trouble? Um, The fact of the post to be the people, be the person that was supposed to keep me safe and show me the, the fly. And that's that's a really big one for me is that's what pops up every now and again. It's like, what could I have done to make it different to where this didn't happen? And then I start putting the blame on myself and I'm like, it's not my fault. And it's like wondering if what I was doing was wrong to where the person didn't want to protect me. And, and that it hurt me in a way that is unforgivable for one. And traumatizing for two that I have to live with for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having the vulnerability to share that. And I want to let you know that's absolutely not true, that it wasn't your fault at all. And it still isn't. It never will be. And that that ability to forgive yourself is so important and it's so difficult. It's so hard. A lot of, a lot of us have, uh, I mean, forgive yourself isn't really the, quite the right word because you didn't do anything wrong. But I yeah. think empathy for yourself maybe is the correct way to state it. To recognize yeah. that you were a child, that you didn't know what to do. You didn't know anything better. And that the responsibility does lie on the person who, whose job it was to protect you. And that, yeah. th- that's a difficult thing because now every time that you have a... Tell me if this is totally wrong or tell me if maybe you relate to this but now every time that you're in a relationship with someone in your life and they are supposed to care about you supposed to love you supposed to protect you 
it, it might be hard to believe that it's real because of the things that you've been through. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. that's very true. It's, it's difficult. I'm, mm-hmm. Not only am I a difficult person to love and be there for because I tend to push a lot of people away, it's difficult for them to have the patience with me to understand that I've been through so much that it, I don't put myself out there as much as you're supposed to in a relationship and say those feelings. Mm-hmm. And then when I do, it's just like, it's a lot because I'm mm-hmm. like hysterical, I guess you can say type deal. Yeah. Because of the release, I start bawling my eyes out and they're like, can't deal with this right now. Blah, 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 this, you know, and it's, it's difficult for not only myself to understand that I am loved by another person, mm-hmm. but for them to love me and care about me for all of my flaws and what's what I have gone through. Yeah, absolutely. You, you're not hard to love, but I understand what, I, what I'm hearing is that it's hard for you to let people love you. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because uh, like we've discussed, I mean, there's it, it shows that there's nothing wrong with you, but that a lot of wrong things have happened to you instead. And so that might sometimes be hard to, to grasp is that even though the world is ugly in ways um, and our experiences can be difficult and hard, that doesn't mean that we are. In fact, I think that the way that you've uh, been through these things and are continuing to choose to be a loving person, even though hard things have happened to you, that shows that you have strength. That shows that you are resilient. Um, and that shows that really you are are powerful. And that's an important thing. Um, when, when you... I, I don't know the right way to ask this question. You spoke about how, I, I mean, you, you won't let somebody in at all. You won't share anything. And then when you do trust somebody enough to share, you have a lot to share. I mean, that you've been through a lot of things. And so it's a lot to process. Have you ever considered or have you been able to uh, get resources such as therapy to talk about it since then that have made it easier for you to share? time mm-hmm. and for me it just it didn't work it it wasn't a fit I guess you could say mm-hmm. like I matched with the therapist I went through so many therapists and it was like mm, I can't talk to you like I can somebody else yeah okay but it really never worked um I went to Arkansas for seven months mm-hmm. from right before my like the end of my sophomore year to the end of my junior year so the last semester of junior year and that's when I was finally like able to open up to my therapist there Mm -hmm. and that was one of the many people in that like the employees that are in that facility that I was able to talk to and not having to be behind closed doors because I felt like I did fit in Mm-hmm. not only was it just me there but it was everybody else who had gone through like similar things mm-hmm. some more intense than others but it was like I fit in here I can tell my story without being judged by everybody around me Yeah, and that was like the first time in a very long time where I was able to talk to a therapist and actually accept the help yeah yeah, that's such a powerful lesson. And I'm so glad. That's awesome that you're able to get connected to resources that were, were helpful at that time. Uh, and it is, 
it's transformational when we recognize that we're not alone, that all of us experience hardship. And like you said, it's different levels, but with, with respect and with gentleness, allow me to say that it doesn't really matter what level it's on. We can still connect. We can still have empathy for each other. And we don't need to compare about how difficult our lives have been because obviously they're at different levels and we kind of get what we can handle. I know there are people who experience things even on a daily basis that I wouldn't be able to handle even for a second. Um, but I'm, I'm grateful that I'm, I've, given, I've been given challenges that are right for me to make progress at this time and other people um, have, have different challenges that way. What are, some of the, what are some of the most impactful lessons that you learned well in Arkansas um, that you still use to, in your healing process today? tell me and it was they come into your life for a reason a season and a lifetime for a lifetime and I use that one a lot and I look back on all the people who've been in my life I'm like "Mm, were they a season or were they a lesson to me or were they meant to be in my life for a lifetime and you know I guess you could say I kind of determine how long the friendship was before something happened or I realize how much we've been through and it's like is it worth giving up on or should I keep trying at it yeah that was a big one I used to use well not even used to I still use it to this day um and then the I am statements for sure Mm -hmm. though that's another one that I took from Arkansas and um I guess another lesson was the fact of not being alone and, you know, still to this day, I still have every single one of them that are from Arkansas, whether yeah. they're employees or, you know, I guess you can't really say kids because they're adults now, too, just yeah. like me. But I still have some of them in my life, and I see them sharing a lot of things, and it's like, oh, maybe it's time for me to share a little bit mm-hmm. and get it out there to where I can help people as well as them because they still go over to the facility because they live there in Arkansas, of course. Okay, yeah. So they get interviewed by the employees there and then they share their story, whether it's through poems or just them speaking, Mm -hmm. because there's one uh, girl that I'm still really close with and she shares her emotions and feelings in poems and her poems are really, they hit really close to home. And so I tried it for a little bit and it just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't figure out how to do this. It's it's not easy. Yeah. So I was like, I need to find some other way. And Mm -hmm. I did. So that was good for me. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so liberating when you find a way that's right for you too. It feels so good to uh, turn those difficult experiences to something where it, uh, the pain goes away and where you can share the strength you've gained from that experience. Um, I also love that. I love that they're either, what is it? You're there in your life for a season, a reason, or f- uh, for a season, a reason, or a lifetime. That's awesome. I think there's a Justin Bieber song that says, Some people come. Do you know it? I don't. Oh man, I'm gonna send it to you after this. Let's see if I can sing it. Let's see if I can calm my nerves enough to sing it on this live right here. Some people come in your life for a season. 
Some people come in your life for a reason. Hey, I don't know. I'll, I'll send it to you. I love that, though. I, I love that um, you're able to gain that perspective that... And that goes along with the fact that you're not alone to me. Um, because I, I, I mentioned before that um, we're all given different challenges. I also believe they're all given different forms of support, different partners, different... Uh, resources uh, along our journey that if it weren't for them we wouldn't be able to handle those difficult things uh i i'm not sure if that's what's your experience been on that like what who are some of the people maybe not mentioned by name but what are what are some of the relationships or things that you do with important people in your life that help you to recognize your worth and recognize that you can make it through Like, for the people that are down here, we hang out, and, you know, there's times that we go out and eat, or, um, you know, they kind of, like, spoil me a little bit, I guess yeah. you could say, and then, I, you know, I do the same right back mm-hmm. when I do have the money to, you know, do so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's free. Yes. But, um, I, we kind of just hang out, you know, and mm-hmm. have campfires, go fishing, um, play music, you know, mm-hmm. uh, go for long drives. Yeah. And, you know, with the summer weather, you know, we've been swimming a couple times and good. Kind of, we enjoy the time that we have together because you don't know how long it's going to be there type deal. Yeah, absolutely. And you never know if there is a tomorrow, if in a way, like something tragical or tra- tragic was, were to happen, mm-hmm. you never know if there is a tomorrow. And with the people in Arkansas, I kind of, we text. There's sometimes we FaceTime, mm-hmm. especially the employees, for sure. I have FaceTime a lot of them. Yeah. You know, and telling them, oh, you know, I'm in a fair way to come and see you. And I really am because it's been almost two years since I've seen any of them. And yeah. since we said, I guess not goodbye, but we said see you later. Yeah. And that what they always said was see you later because it's never a goodbye mm-hmm. it's only time and a matter of taking that chance to make it happen to see them mm-hmm. those people again and so it was always see you later never we never said goodbye and that that one was really rough because my i guess you could say my dorm mom when i wasn't because it was like dorms sure. i guess you could say kind of like a college type deal yeah so there was dorm one dorm two dorm three dorm four and my dorm mom, I stayed up with her the night before I was supposed to leave because mm-hmm. her shift started the next day and I wasn't going to be there. Yeah. And, you know, we had like a bedtime, I guess you can say. Um, and I stayed up afterwards and I sat right there in the corner of my door and just sat there and talked to her. Mm-hmm. And she asked me, she was like, what are your plans? What are your goals? Mm-hmm. And I told her and I was like, you know, honestly, when I get back... I I really didn't really I really didn't have a plan. Mm-hmm. It was more of let's see what happens type deal. And yeah. I took that see what happened. And right before her shift end, ended, which was twelve o'clock, so at eleven fifty nine I looked her looked at her and I gave her a great big hug and I was like, I love you and I will see you later. Because we were we just connected that much while we were there. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the hardest 
people to say see you later to because of how much we did connect and how much I did share with Yeah, that's beautiful. That, that's, that's awesome. Absolutely. Those bonds when we when we finally do tell the truth to somebody and they tell the truth back and when we do the simple things to let each other know that we are safe, that, I mean, it's, it's one thing to be loved by somebody, but it's another thing to be loved by somebody who actually knows everything about you. Yes. You know, if they know you fully and they love you fully, that's like the magic. Uh, yeah. That's a beautiful feeling. I, I hope that everybody has the opportunity to experience that. Uh, not only for themselves and to give that to somebody else in their lifetime. Uh, and that is, uh, there's a lot of things to be said about healing. There's a lot of things that need to happen, a lot of lessons to learn and progress to be made, as I'm sure that you know, because you're in that process and you're in that journey right now. Uh, but that that connection of really knowing and loving each other and helping each other along our journeys, I think that is a special ingredient that we all need. Yes. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before I, I ask my final question, Emily? Thanks so much for everything you've shared today. Um, I guess just in, some advice to give to mm-hmm. not only girls, but also boys and men and women, every single one of them. Don't be scared to speak up. Mm-hmm. Speak up. Shit, like you have a voice. Use it because... In the wrong, yeah. long run, it's not just going to help you. It's going to help everybody else around you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for doing that today. Once again, uh, thank you for your courage, your vulnerability, and for telling the truth. And I do want to let you know that you are beautiful. You are strong. You are such a force for good. Even though hard things have happened to you and unfair things have happened to you, you haven't let it turn you into that same person. You've, you've instead used it as a source of progress. You've harnessed it to become who you're meant to become. And I know that you're on that journey and I know that you can do it. So the final question that I have for you is, even though uh, you've been through what nobody should ever have to go through, how do you still know that progress is possible? Um, because I see other women, men, boys, girls, that have gone through the same exact thing and I see how far they are in life and I look at myself and I'm like, I'm going to be right there one day. I'm going to be on top just like everybody else is that have gone through the same and similar things with me. And so honestly, it's other people inspire me from their stories, which makes me believe that it is possible for me to have progress and to get where I want to be in life and that it is possible to succeed. Yeah. Absolutely. I relate so much with what you just said right there. And I want to let you know two things right before we go. I'm, I'm going to, uh, y- your I am statements are for you to decide for yourself, but I want to offer you some that you can accept if, if you'd like to. The first is that there is another little Emily somewhere out there in the world who is confused like you were, who is trapped like you were, uh, who is going through unfair and horrible dark things just like you were that is searching for someone to show her the way and the second thing is that you are that person on top now you are the one sharing your story you are the example the role model that progress is possible you prove that progress is possible so thank you for being that person and thank you for your light and all that you've shared thank you Noah. yeah thank you emily see ya
See you. See you later.